This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. And we are off and we are back with another Non-Typical Nation podcast. Today is... May the 3rd. May the 3rd. May the 3rd. You know, usually this time of year, we've got one or two bears on the ground. Actually, wasn't it May 3rd last year? When your girlfriend got her bear? I don't know. Pretty sure it was. I haven't seen any Facebook memories to uh, update me on that. I, I couldn't tell you what day I'm it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Have to look. Because I thought I noticed a week ago or something on your timeline or something that it was May 3rd when she got her bear. Could have been. It was early. It because was. it was right after you and Amy had got it, or a couple weeks after you and Amy had got her bear last year. Yeah. And that was like the 17th of April? Yeah, middle of April. Which was early for us. That's Usually we see bears, but usually we aren't we aren't ready to shoot one yet. Right? Yeah, and then our friend John the Trapper got one, I think, April 10th or something last oh, year. He was even earlier. Yeah, and the year before I noticed popped up in my timeline, he got one on May 3rd, two or three years ago, a real big guy too. Um, so yeah, you know, it's been... Uh, it's been a late start for the bear season here in Alberta. You know, we just had an absolute ton of snow. Yeah, that snow was just hanging on. It wasn't uh, wasn't going anywhere. And then 48 hours later, you know, just like it comes in the wintertime, just overnight and just overnight it's gone again. Yeah, it's so. stuck. It's stuck for a long time. It's stuck right up until, geez, 10 days ago. Yeah, and, and then, then it was then, gone. Yeah, Over within two, two days and it was gone. Within two days, it was totally gone. Yeah. It's like night and day. And today it's raining. It's the first rain we've had since the uh, since it snowed last. So yeah, that, yeah. We uh, we usually we have a wet spring, right? So usually the, the the rain really helps get rid of all the snow. Yeah, usually usually we have you know a few good rains. You know, late April. Um, you know, May though the last couple of years has been fairly dry. Like well, we we're lucky right now that we rain. have dry roads, right? We were saying that before the podcast. Yes, we're able to actually drive around a lot of places that usually are pretty sloppy yeah and it seems to be yeah overly dry yeah like abnormally dry um so what i've noticed is the 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 ponds the sloughs uh the rivers they're high right now they're high because of all that melted snow yeah there's still lots of water coming down from the hills okay yeah but yeah not like not doesn't seem like on the roads right no and then your roads um you know your your meadows and and even cut lines seem to be fairly dry right now so hopefully uh this rain helps and uh, we don't have you know another crazy fire season yeah yeah it'd be nice to get through a spring without a ton of quad bands off and on and you know, be able to just enjoy summer, especially after all this bullshit we've been dealing with. Yeah, it's crazy. It sounds like, though, parks and um, campgrounds are supposed to be opening up here in the next couple of weeks or, or sooner, I believe. Yeah, and I think there's a list of businesses that are going to start going back to work here in two weeks That's or good. 10 days. And, uh, it, you know, around town, it just seems like everybody's really began to relax, yeah. right? You know, people are starting to be everywhere. The, biz the stores are all, you know, Canadian tires just crazy. Really, yeah, I just want to blow your head off when you go in there, and Walmart's the same way. Everybody's just sort of done with it, I think. Right, people just want to get back to back to work. Everybody was cool with the holidays, the six weeks off, but now it's summertime. Yeah, people want money to start enjoying their summertime, and uh, it's time to get back to doing shit. 
Yeah, it just gets to be a little much, you know, once you hit that sixth and seventh week. You get so stagnant. There's just, yeah. what do you do, right? And we, we've we actually talked about that. We've noticed with some businesses that we deal with, um, the customer service has sort of went in the tank because... It's, it's like dropped off a cliff. <laughs> because the stars. people who are working don't want to be working because their family, their wives or husbands aren't working and they don't want to be there. And they're making... Good money not working because the government's paying everybody you exactly know, to to be off of work. So yeah, so yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of people don't want to be at work right now that are at work. But you know, shout out to everybody that's that's out there. You got to do it. Oh yeah, keeping you everybody keep the world going. going around. Yeah, and, that's uh, just yeah. it. Can't can't thank them enough. But no, for sure. The craziness is, you know, I'm I'm ready for the craziness to be over too. Oh yeah, you know, and and I'm just hoping that that this is sort of the final stretch. You know, another four or six weeks, and you can wipe your hands clean, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for the, the lake to come off or the ice to come off the lake and be able to get the boat out and, yeah. you know, get some bear hunting in. We're going bear hunting in two days. And, uh, yeah, it's go time. It's yeah. springtime. So um, the lake, does that open up May 15th or is that June 1st? Um, fishing fishing on this side of the lake opens up May 15th, but usually... usually uh, there's icebergs out there till you know May long weekend. Oh, okay. Usually the May long weekend is the first sort of safe weekend. So do you guys there. get out May long, or do you usually wait till June um, after bear season? Or I usually play around in the canoe lots early in the year. Oh, okay. Just because I don't mind, then you don't have to worry about ice or anything, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I'm excited to excited nice. to get the boat out. I'll be getting it out as soon as possible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we were hoping to get the boat going this summer as well and try and get on the lake a little bit more. Last couple of years, we, we didn't get out once, not once. And, uh, you know, this year we're going to make it a priority to try and get out there a few times. So Yeah, well, now Jack's a little bit older. He can yeah. do some fishing, enjoys catching some fish. Exactly, exactly. And you can't beat a sunset on the lake, especially this lake here where, you know, you almost you got to treat it like the ocean. Like yeah. you can't see the other side of the lake. That's right. You see that all you see is lake as that sun's coming down, and uh, it's it's pretty darn cool. And uh, it'll take your breath away, man. And it's like that almost every single night. Yeah, and and when it's when down. the lake a lake that big is just glass. Yeah, it's, it's a sight to see. And and you know what? You'll notice too. Like, uh, geez, five or six years ago, I was out there six days a week, um, six evenings a week, right? And and even a miserable, crappy day, by the time that sun's starting to come down, it usually always calms down. Just like for a like, little bit of time, right? Yeah, it calms right down. Yeah, and and even tonight, for example, it was windy as all hell earlier today, and uh, you know, right now she's starting to to calm down out there, and and that's. Uh, yeah, no, it's something else to be on that lake. And if you're catching fish on top of that, it just... Uh, That's right. And, you know, you got the shop right here now. You're three minutes from the lake. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice and easy. You can literally almost almost throw a rock and get it in the That's lake. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have a hell of an arm, but you'd get it hey, there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But, yeah, no, so uh, we're sitting in, the, in our ground blind. Uh, first set of the year here on Tuesday. So that will be the 7th. Um, we've got three baits rocking right now. Um, bait number one and three seem to be doing pretty good. Sort of seem to be doing what we're expecting them to be doing right now. Um, you know, when those bears... Oh, we're on the wrong month. The 5th. The fifth. Tuesday's the 5th. <laughs> yeah, my calendar is on April. Um, anyways, you know, when those bears come out of 
the dens, they aren't looking to just sit there and eat all day long because their stomachs just can't take yeah, it. Yeah, they got to get their system going. Yeah, so what you'll see early on, the first few weeks um, after all the snow melts, is the bears will come and go, and they'll stick around for an hour, you know, an hour and a half maybe, maybe a couple hours if you're lucky. Um, but they, they'll do that once or twice a day, maybe once in the middle of the night, once in the evening. And they're really just nibbling because we, we've and been yes. there, and, you know, there's not a whole lot gone. They're spending, yeah. you know, an hour or two there, but there's they're not eating a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. They aren't... Uh, not gorging. Yeah, they aren't gorging like they are in, in mid-May or even if you're baiting in the fall when they're just putting on a ton of weight, right? So um, we were heading out to the baits on... When did we go? Last Thursday, I think, eh? Uh, yeah, I think something like that. Late so we were week. heading out there and we were sort of chatting, you know, back and forth what we, what we think we can expect. And um, we both sort of decided that... Or we had expected that the baits wouldn't be empty... But they had both been they, hit. Bound to have been hit. Bound to have been hit, but not empty. And sure enough, we got to both baits. Both were about half full, and both had been hit. That's right. Um, camera bear bait number one, we had set up on a cellular camera. It turned out we had no cell phone service, so that didn't work out for us. Um, but the bait had been hit. Bear bait number two, we do have on a cellular geocam. We've getting pic- been getting pictures every single day of ravens. Um, we've got one bear that came through the other night, and he only stuck around for about five, ten minutes. So we don't know what's going on there, but we that, do that have... Bait, that bait is acting as usual, though. That's always sort of been a weird one. Yeah, so this bait here, it's actually... It's closer to civilization than the other ones are, I would say. A little closer to the trails, to the roads. Um, And so this bait is usually a late bloomer. It's usually later on in the season when it really starts to get going. But we were just so prepared this season that we were expecting expecting. all three to just be absolutely rocking. But yeah, this one, we do have a cell phone camera at and we've been been getting pictures nonstop of, uh, of ravens. And we do have one photo, um, of what looks like, what looks like a ghost, but it's got the face of a bear. We're calling it ghost bear. We're calling it ghost bear. We're going to post it up on our Instagram and Facebook story, um, today. So this will be released on Monday, um, So check out our Instagram story and have a look at that. Let us know your thoughts because uh, this photo really baffled us. You can Um, definitely. So Brody sent this to me. He'd been sending me for a little background here. He'd been sending me probably three photos a day for the past four days. And it'd be like Raven, Raven, Raven. And he'd be getting excited every time he gets a photo text. But it's always a Raven, right? And we're waiting for a bear. (laughs) And so I think it was late one night, like pretty late. He sent me this photo. And like right off the bat, I just sort of dismissed it because there wasn't a bear right at the barrel. And of course, the barrels hadn't moved. So then the next day we came to work and we started talking about it. And then you had me like zoom in and look at it. Yeah. And that's when you can see the snout. You can see dark, shadowy eyes. You can see the ears and the shape of the head and the shoulder. But it's sort of just something just doesn't seem right about it. Yeah, and it's so not it's, really there. It's almost transparent. It's like a Bigfoot photo. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I've been getting 15 photos a day from this camera. What it does, it'll take five photos and it'll send me the third photo 
from that five photo series. Um, so this camera's taken, you know, probably 1500 photos or, um, yeah, 1500 photos probably in the last 10 days or 12 days, it's still got three quarters battery left and it's running really well. Um, but yeah, this one fit picture, it just baffles us guys. It, uh, it's got the face of a bear, but it's transparent. You can see through it and it is, underneath our tree stand we don't have a ground blind set up at this bait and it's underneath the tree stand in the shadows so it's it's weird it's weird um the, it looks it's, just like it's a bear one of those head. things the longer you look at it the, the more, more it, it looks, looks like, like a, bear. a bear yeah so yeah so there is that and then yeah raven 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 and then on the first we had a bear come through at 10 30 at night and he just didn't stick around so we aren't too sure exactly you know why he didn't come back but uh, again you know these bears right now they aren't looking just to gorge on food um, so it isn't totally uncommon for them just to root around check things out um, and you know what they if there's an easier bait in the area that they can access the food to a lot easier maybe someone's got a hole in their barrel that's you know <laughs> a Big foot wide to crawl into, yeah. then they might they might empty that first and we do know there are are a lot of people that bait uh, in a in the similar area you know with in a few miles of, of where we are so but there's lots of bears to share but there's lots of bears to share that's right that's right so that's bait number two not doing a whole lot right now bait number three um our farthest bait uh this is a good one this bait has been good for us for a while um we went there thursday as well checked it out baits had been hit we got 1300 photos on the geocam we've got a few different bears coming through and uh, things are looking really good the bear came through each night at 8 p.m he came through in the middle of the night as well um, and then one thing that really baffled us we got to that bait at 8 p.m and we've got one single photo of that barrel standing upright at 7.40, okay? So we got there 20 minutes later, and that bear, that barrel was knocked over. But yep. we don't have a photo. We have so, a photo of it laying down at 7.30, and we have a no, photo of we, it standing up at 7.40, and then we have a photo of it... Of or, it and then we, when we came in, it was laying down. It was laying down. Um, and no so something strange, the camera was a ways away because we were trying to get cell phone <laughs> service. Um, so I ended up moving the camera closer to the bait. So, you know, we've got some better photos going forward here, but, um, yeah, so we're thinking that bear had just came, um, right as we were arriving to reload that bait. Cause it, that would match right up with his previous, uh, times and the days earlier, um and but, it looks uh, like we got it looks like we have two good bears at two that decent bears two yeah. decent bears so yeah we built a ground blind at that one we built a ground blind at um Bait site number, number one. a number one yeah and uh and yeah so now we're just gotta wait and see you know i think eric's gonna head out here tomorrow check out the two baits and uh see which one uh will hit on on tuesday yep. i gotta change this calendar man it's killing driving me driving you crazy <laughs> Yeah, so we're just going to, the plan is uh, sit Tuesday. So what I like to do every day, every every time before we go and sit, the day before, if possible, I like to go top up those baits, uh, hang a fresh beaver. You know, if you've got beavers there and they've been there for two days, I can guarantee you they're not there anymore. So you really want to, you know, you just want to top everything up, make the, fre the, the scent fresh, 
and uh, just guarantee those bears are going to come in for you when you're sitting that that next day. And it is just so important that we don't let those baits go empty for longer than a day. It's super important because they live there. They begin to live there, and that's yeah. what you want. Yeah, and they're we, living in the in the right in the area. Yeah, and we haven't had any beaver out there yet. So um, we're really hoping, you know, we got a bunch here the last couple of days. We're hoping once we reload two of these sites with beaver and then sit on Tuesday, you know, bring another beaver to hang in the site as we're sitting there that, uh, you know, we should start having um, some real good action going forward here. So, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we mentioned it before. This year we're running buns and uh, and oats and uh, some trail mix from the guys at northern bear grub and then uh, our secret ingredient which is that uh used fryer grease and and beavers so yeah so All the that's good the stuff. go-to yeah we got to bring some more fryer grease out too next go around yeah we do we didn't last time yeah. so yeah we uh We've been limited, though, on that. Some of the the fast food joints here in town, you know, some guys have just been emptying them right out. It's so a hot we, commodity uh, around here this time of year. It is. Yeah, we were there a month ago, and their vat was filled right to the top and went two weeks later, and I was scraping right at the very bottom. That's the best stuff, though. Yeah, that's the best stuff. You get all the chunks crumbs, of chunks of and, chicken. Yeah. And, yeah, everything. <laughs> so have you shot your bow much? Um, you know... We've been moving this last week, so I've really I've neglected the bow shooting. I, I brought the targets out. I set them out in the backyard there last night. And, uh, yeah, every evening I've just been getting home too late. I haven't been able to shoot. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. I just got uh, – I ordered some nocturnal knocks in the mail. Nice. So we're going to have – that'll be good for filming. Yeah. Really be able to see that arrow fly. Yeah, for especially sure. Especially at how freaking fast it's going. Yeah. And yeah, it'll then, make for uh, cool a video when you slow that down and you can, uh, you know, rewatch that. Yeah, stuff. especially you know, late in the evening, like a lot of you know, a lot of bear hunts come to come yeah. down to late in the evening. You're shooting sort of as the as the sun's starting to peek away. So, yeah, you know, and that's and the cool thing with recording it too. You know, you're gonna arrow, you're gonna arrow a bear, and uh, we aren't gonna chase after it. We're gonna sit there, watch the video, see you know how well your shot was. Um, or if it was a little far back or a little high or whatever. Um, and then that'll sort of help us, you know, figure out what the next step will be. Yep. And with those nocturnals, yeah, if it's if it's a little later in the evening, that'll help big time with well, that. And, and to be able to find that arrow too, especially after it goes through an animal. Yeah. If you got a good pass through, to be able to find, walk right up to that arrow, you know, and, and check for blood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just, it's important. So I'm yeah. glad I finally got some. I haven't been using them the last couple of years, so... Glad nice. to have them back. Yeah, I haven't used a lighted knock in two years. Um, the ones I had, they just kept burning out on me, and I said, you know, yeah, I, so I have never tried the nocturnals. I'll have to give them a shot. I don't. I've never tried nocturnals either, and okay. that was I had the same problem. I, they were just annoying. They'd always turn on randomly in my case, yeah. or I couldn't turn them off after practicing. Yes, or, you know, it was always something. So these are supposed to be super easy to use, kind of dummy proof. Nice. So, yeah, I'm super excited to use them. Nice, nice. Um, do you do anything for cleaning your bow? Anything special with that? Um, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, elk season, I I carry it in my hand. Well, when I'm anytime I'm spawn stock walking, I always yeah. carry it in my hand. So I drag it through a lot of grass, and it gets, like, seeds and shit in the side yeah. and stuff. So what I'll do is I'll just take compressed air and blow it out. Oh, okay. Um, but anytime I'm shooting it, I wax my string yeah. after, after every time I shoot. Yeah. So... That's that's about it. I mean, okay. I wipe it down if it gets dusty, but generally I have a cover on it. 
Yes, at least for the strings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't usually bounce around on the front of the quad or anything. I, yeah, I usually just pack my bow. So okay, stays pretty clean. Nice. So when do you want to start chasing these bears down, spot and stock? Uh, uh, let's get yours on the ground first. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we went cruising around yesterday in that same area where we are more than likely going to go spot and stock bear hunting and yeah not a not a not even a sign of bear not yet we gotta start seeing some green grass poke up some places well i'm seeing i see green grass it's coming yeah but uh we need that clover to really start sprouting and stuff and that'll get the bears out in the open yeah Yeah. and and you know we just got rid of we've had no snow for 10 days now so another couple days well that's yeah you know i was talking to another guy and that's what i was saying you know give it that seven to ten days and we'll be right in the thick of things that's right so yeah. you know next weekend next week things will uh really be ramping up all we'll that wild grass in. will get eight inches tall and the bears will have all kinds of food to eat yeah so that's yeah. that's when they'll be out walking the roads and out in the cut blocks and all that stuff where we want them exactly exactly and that's you know we're hoping we can play this weather game nice with tuesday too because it's raining all tonight it's raining all day tomorrow tuesday we might get some rain in the morning and then it's clearing up for when we're getting that that bait and i've always had great success hunting right after a heavy rain or even a day or two of rain yep um you know because you know animals they don't they they got to eat they got to do what they got to do um but they are going to be much more active when it's not raining when the weather's nice so um yeah, no, hopefully uh, we can capitalize on that and, and, you know, have some cool interactions with some bears on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm sure we will. It's going to be fun doing it yeah. from the ground. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be something else. Yeah, it sure will be. <laughs> so so our, how, how do you feel about uh, mosquito control? Because they were getting bad when we were out there last, uh, they last were, day hey. there. They were, yeah. I... Um, so do you run, you usually run Ozonics thermos. or something, right? Uh, so but yeah. that's not a mosquito thing. No, that's, that's ozone. Yeah. That's Have just you a ran Ozonics before? Never, don't, never owned one. So no. it's, if you went outside right now, you can smell the rain. Yeah. yeah. That's ozone. You can, yeah. that's what these produce is right. that same smell pretty much. Okay. Um, you know, and, and we, we, we had it and the first day that I used it, I had a bear come in, he looked at us and just bolted. Yeah. So now I don't know if, if that was that that he smelt. Um, but you know what? You know, my Ozonics was running when, when I killed the moose, when I had deer walk right under the stand. So, you know, if it works for them, you know, it'll probably work for a bear too. Um, but I don't think you got to be too picky with scent for bears. And that's what I was going to say. I really, like, scent is almost, if you're spot and stock hunting, it's different. Because if you get if, if the bear catches your wind, then he's going to be on alert. Yes. But when it comes to baiting, especially if you're baiting properly, you're there several times, you know, every month. You're there a couple times a week. Yeah. Your scent's going to be there, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You could spray down head to toe every time, but you're going to be sweating. You're going to be swatting mosquitoes. You're going to be taking gloves on and off. You're going to be doing... You're working bait, right? So it's impossible to keep your scent out of there. So it's actually better... To just allow your scent to be there. That's what I think. So that when you're there, because anybody that's sat in a tree stand long enough at a bait site, um, they know, or even new people, a lot of times new people that have never hunted bears over bait, guys I've guided, they tell me, you know, that bear walked in and the first thing it did before it got right up to the barrels, it just looked up at me. It's like, yep, they do it just about every time. Yeah. Because they see you. Yeah. They're smart, especially if they've been at that bait 
you know, 50 times already. And then they see some, you know, some white face guy sitting in a, in a, in camo up in a tree stand. He kind of notices right away or they smell you or whatever. Right. But, uh, they just don't seem to care. Well, there is so many scents going on for one. You're, you've got a beaver hanging in the tree. Yeah. You've got bread. That bread's got a, a strong smell to it too. When you have a hundred pounds of bread on the ground, um, you've got, you know, that, the, that juice spray you use, that's got a strong, strong fruity smell. Um, so there's so many different scents going on. We've brought our quads in and out of the bait, right? So there's just so many scents that, you know, uh, you, they can't, I don't, I don't think it matters. Right. And uh, yeah. And I don't think it matters either. And I just think that the whole idea of baiting, the goal of it is to like make your bait irresistible yeah so they have to come in and when they're there they have to stay and they want to fight each other over it because then you get the king of the castle yeah that's the whole idea right exactly yeah that's kind of the game you play so and and one strategy that i have learned about running bait systems you know especially in an outfitting camp when you have 20 30 baits even guys run up to like 80 baits a year depending on your clients um one thing you do if you're running atvs is you you leave that atv running because that's a dinner bell for your yes. bears. Yeah. And in a system, a baiting system that gets baited on a schedule every second day or whatever, certain baits are certain days of the week. Yeah. When it's when it's that fine-tuned, the bears know. Mm-hmm. And they hear that quad running. And you'll see them come in. And you'll see them sit just like a house dog. Yeah. And they'll just sit and wait for you to leave. You know, Or you'll get a brave one that comes in and you kind of got to chase him away or he pushes you off the barrel and he wants to eat out of the barrel he, he doesn't give a shit about you he just yeah. knows you're the guy that comes to feed him yeah no doubt and so that's sort of what it becomes so <laughs> it's it's yeah it gets to a point where you just if you make it irresistible and you got the bears and you keep them fed you get to pick your target bear yeah and that's the beauty of baiting because you get to you know you really get to target that old mature bear exactly that's been out there you know you get to make a really good ethical shot you get to watch the bear for hours before you have to pull that trigger yeah exactly it's like like anything right even baiting deer yeah um you have you know exactly what's in the area you know what's big you know what's small and um you know you can uh you can manage things just a lot better. And you get to see, you know, it's always arguable that the baiting site's not natural, but you really get to see bears act how they act naturally. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like I've seen bears fighting on a on an oil field road over clover, but yeah. I've also seen bears fighting over a bait and it's the exact same thing. Exactly. You yeah. just get to watch it because they're concentrated right in front of you. Yeah. So you really get to see what they do, what they are as animals and like how they think, how they behave. And it, it, it's just, it's so much fun to just watch them. It is. It is. And I always say too, you know, if, if someone is getting into bow hunting and they're confident with that bow and they want to get their first harvest under their belt, a bear at the bear bait is the perfect opportunity. But I would add on to that. Just please do it with somebody that does know and don't oh. sit there by yourself with a bow if you're not an experienced bear hunter. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you know what, if, if you, if you've hunted deer with a rifle or even moose, and you know a little bit about Yeah, if you're bush, an experienced hunter and outdoorsman, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, for someone looking to get their first harvest, you know, with the bow and just getting something under the belt to build some confidence, 
um, and you're with someone who has a good bait or, or you've baited for a couple of years but haven't pulled the trigger, um, a bear bait is the perfect opportunity because you're going to have that bear within, you know, usually 15, 20 yards. Um, it's going to be a relaxed situation because it's not like a deer where that deer's on edge the whole time. Yeah. Once that bear sees that bait, that's all he has on the mind. He's not worried about too much else. So, um, you know, I always tell guys, if you're just wanting to get something under the belt with that bow, bear baiting is the perfect opportunity. And it's great. It's great for kids, you know, that are really getting into bear baiting. If you have somebody, like I said, that's comfortable to sit with you to make you, you know, feel just, just confident that nothing's going to happen because it is a predator. It is a a lot of people do see it and go, holy shit, it's so big. You know, it's got claws, it's got teeth, it's got all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, so you got you to gotta be smart about it, too, because you might have a bear climbing up your stand. And so I was going to say, they do someone. climb tree stands, and you, yeah. we've all seen the videos of the guy, you know, the, the bear standing in the guy's tree stand when he walks into the bait. And, you know, it is what it is. That's why you should do it with somebody that's experienced, and that's yeah. why us doing it on the ground this year, we're doing it together. One guy's got a gun, and we're going to be safe about it. So have you ever hunted bears at the bait on the ground before? Uh, no, not, not, um, on purpose. Yeah. I've, I've harvested bears after coming in. Like I've harvested bears at the bait on the ground without getting to my tree and stand. And experience baits or bears while you're filling up the baits and whatnot, but not oh, actually. All the time. If, if I don't see bears while I'm filling my baits in the heart of spring bear season, something's wrong. Really? Eh? And I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Like if there's not a bear there bugging me then something's up see i've never experienced that not once and every every time it's it should be that way like i consider myself lucky you know if if it just sort of runs away and and doesn't really come back but it is good it's nice when they sort of just sit and watch you because it's almost more calming because you know that they're they know to stay their ground yeah um, but now we're, you know, now we're playing with grizzlies the last couple of yeah. years and this other stuff. So it's, it gets to be a little bit more nerve wracking because they don't have the patience that black bears do. No, no. And I don't have the patience yeah. for grizzlies that I do with black bears. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've had, I've had hundreds of experience encounters, you know, within 10 yards of black bears. And, and if you run a good bait, I don't mean to sound overconfident, but if you run a good bait, the bears sort of know that you're just there to fill it up. Yep. And you are, you know, if you have 10 bears coming through, you're only going to be harvesting one. But hey, and, we've got three bait sites. Yeah. Right? And we're we only plan on harvesting maybe two, you know, maybe three bears at these three spots. So we're going to have a lot of different bears coming through. So, you know, at odds of us, you know, are are quite slim that we're going to get, you know, let's say there's 10 bears coming through we're going to remove one or two so um, and the other eight aren't going to even know hey, that's what's going to happen at. right yeah exactly and 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 we clean up you know we don't i i never got my bear right in the bear bait site yeah. i always sort of do it outside away if i can get the whole thing out and do it totally away from the site that's the way to that's the way to do it i do that with my deer i do that with everything yeah um <clears throat> but yeah it's you, you know uh, you're going to take one bear out of the dozen that are there and and you just you get pictures of the rest and they get to eat and exactly continue on grow fatter for next year let's talk about that though let's talk you mentioned gutting let's talk about processing black bears for say a rug you know at the shop here 
we get a ton of bears every mm-hmm. year, you know, upwards of, of 50 or 60 even each year. And 60% of them, I would say, are going to be a rug. So was gonna, open mouth yeah. or closed mouth rug. Um, and we get asked all the time, how do you want that bear? Um, you know, for starters, the most important thing is to, um, you know, you got to make the decision. Are you going to skin that bear out right then and there, or are you going to bring it in whole? You know, most taxidermists, they're, they are okay with skinning it out. It takes time though, right? So if you can skin that bear, all the better. Um, but the biggest thing is if you're going to skin that bear, you're going to want to get that in the deep freeze right away, the hide, or uh, bring it into your taxidermist. Um, you know, within 24 hours. Do you want to go through the the skinning method? And, and yeah, sure. We yeah, can yeah. Go through it. Um, so, I mean, right from the ground, first thing I do, um, you know, you'll 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 crack your bear, or whatever you walk up to, you take all your photos, and then the first thing I'm going to do is you just ask whoever, are you making a rug or what are you doing with it? And so, if you're doing a rug, it's super easy. You just lay, you find a, the flattest spot you can. And this is really important because you don't want the bear laying on a tree root that's going to cause his spine to do a weird yeah. shape or something. And you don't want him sort of humped up on one side. You definitely don't want to make your initial first cut, say we'll, we'll call it cut one, that's going to go from the chin all the way down to the privates, all the way down to the tail. Yeah. That initial cut, you don't want your bear laying on a side. No, so that cut there, your your center cut from the chin right to the tail, down the belly, that is the most important cut you're going to yeah. make, especially if you're doing a rug. You and can that's, that's where you're going to lose yeah. from your bear in a rug. So you want to make sure that that first cut, so cut number one from the chin right down to the tail, um, is right dead center. So if you're off even two inches on one side, your rug is going to be off four inches in total. So what your taxidermist is probably going to do is they're going to do what we call is trim it. Because if they don't trim it, your rug is going to look lopsided. totally off kilter yeah. and, and lopsided. So almost every taxidermist is going to trim your rug or stretch it to make up for that difference. So if you want you know, every piece of your bear and if you want that thing to look as natural and as big as possible make sure that first cut is right down the center. So that is so important with rugs is making sure that your cuts are even on side to side. And so. especially, I know this is very common up here in Alberta and Saskatchewan, especially, especially, especially if you have a white yeah. or any color chest piece. If you have, if your bear is a chest piece, a patch or whatever you want to call it, you have to make that cut right down the middle. Yeah. Because a lot of times what happens is that's in a really funny spot where it ends up sometimes in the armpit cut for guys. It ends up, you know, if you do it lopsided, you'll actually lose. That's where you're going to lose. You're going to lose that color patch. Yeah. So from the chin to the tail, have that bear laying. You know, what I'll do is I'll lay it on its back. If I have another person there, all the better. And then I'll like almost mount it and like put my knees on the front biceps and sort of like stretch it open. And that lets the body just kind of, if it's not rigor mortis yet, it lets it just sort of sit firm, flat on its back. And then you can do that initial cut. And you just make it do a one solid cut all the way down. And then you can start with two and three, which are across, horizontal across your pads. Yeah, so your top paw, top left paw to the top right paw. And same thing, guys, you want to make sure that they are totally equal on either side. So let's say on your left paw, you go 
from the bottom of the paw right down along the elbow and then up to the center of the chest. You want to make sure that you do that exact same thing on the other side because if you don't, let's say you go to the top of the elbow on the other side, well, then your rug is going to be off again. That's right. <laughs> so one trick that I do is if you're going to start, say you start on one, you're going to start on one side of the paw, you cut beside that weird thumb pad that they have on their front paws. Yeah. You cut right beside that, right along the edge, and then you just follow the inside. They have a different hair on the inside of their arms than they do on the outside because their yep. outside has guard hairs. So you cut on that fluffy inside hair. You get to the elbow. You go real close to that elbow bone, and then you come back in towards the armpit. And then when you get about an inch from your number one cut, which is right down the chest, which is you come right across the bear's peck or below his patch if he has a, a chest piece, you, you leave about an inch uncut because then that skin will all stay where it's supposed to stay when you go to take that other paw on the opposite side and then you come all the way across down the elbow. Then you can cut all the way to your cut number one, connect those, and then cut that last inch from your other side. And that'll, that'll make sure that that horizontal line isn't off kilter right at the chest. Yeah, that's a good move. I've never done that before. Yeah, so I like always that. leave that one inch attached on that that which what would be your second cut yeah you leave it attached because when you go to connect from your other side you cut all the way beside that weird round thumb pad come down by the elbow in towards the armpit and across you can cut that one all the way connect it to number one and then just finish off that other cut yeah so that that horizontal line comes right across the same spot yeah because if you don't if you'll connect it and then you start at the other paw again it's sort of going to be real loose in the one side and it might not line up. And like we said, two inches is a mile when it yeah. comes to your rug. For sure. And you know, we see it all the time. You know, Unfortunately, we see I'd it too half, often. Half the yeah. rugs, half or more of the rugs that we get there, their skin, you know, totally off centered on either side and each arm and everything else. And we work our magic and we get yeah. them looking good. But oh, it, then you, yeah. It's just For unfortunate sure. to see on some bears that you have to lose a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then your back legs are super simple. So, your back legs, what you're going to want to do is you aren't going to want to go to the top part of that leg. You're going to almost want to go from the bottom of the, the foot all the way to right on top of the tail. So, you want to go in the bottom half of that. So, correct you me. You want your your flanks up top that's right? right so correct me if i'm wrong but when i lift the back end of a bear's leg yeah um i start just like right at the end of the leather pad right yeah. at the heel of the foot and you can see a visible very visible line where the short hair on the inside of their leg meets yes. really long hair it goes from about two inches of hair to like six inches of hair. exactly and i cut right on that line For and sure. that line will lead you right a, right through the basically the back of the knee all the way down back to the, the back of the hamstring, and then it'll basically get you right to your ass. Yeah. Which is where right under that you tail. connect it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and that's it's as easy as that, you know, and I usually tell guys to leave that skull in. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've skinned out a bear's head or a deer's head and you know how to get around those eyes and everything else, then sure, take it out. But, um, you know, most taxidermists can fi fix up a cut on those eyes quite easily or even a cut on the nose. But it's always best if uh, that head is done perfectly. So you can even leave that skull in there, cut it off right at that neck joint, leave the paws in there as well. 
you know, I had a customer tell me once he spent four hours getting the, yeah. the knuckles out of the paws. And I said, man, you could have left it. We would have got it in 20 in minutes, 20 minutes yeah. right? So, um, you know, if you're feeling ambitious, well, go for it. But if you're going to make a ton of cuts, it's always best just to uh, leave Let it for the taxidermist. Yeah. You know, most guys aren't going to charge you extra. We sure as heck won't. Um, and, and we can get it done quick and properly for you. But yeah, so just to sum this up nice and quick, what you're going to want to do is drop that bear, nice, good shot, skin it from uh, below the chin, right down lay to him the flat. tail. Lay him flat. Step number one, lay him flat lay on him his flat. back. Make sure it's centered on either side. You know, if you have someone there to help you, have them hold the legs and the arms open so you can get that cut nice and centered. Um, do your front legs front to left. Again, make sure it's centered. Make sure you do the same thing on the left arm that you do in the right and um and then same with those bottom uh, legs as well and then you're just going to peel that hide right off when you get to the paw joint right at the wrist you're going to cut that between the wrist leave the 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 bone structure of the hand inside the hide and you can leave the the head in as well That's right. and uh, just get rid of that carcass and all so. it takes is a knife if you know what you're doing guys but you know a little pocket saw is good to have too yeah and uh yeah like i mean if you're taking meat take your meat other than that you got a nice bear rug and it's it's super easy it takes some time take your time you know even if your buddy is just swatting mosquitoes for you which a lot of times that's what it comes down to yeah when you're skinning a bear like more often than not um but just take your time because a million cuts is no good either right you just just take your time you know leave the fat on the hide if you have to and just just get it off get it off yeah and then you know, get that hide frozen as soon as possible. Yeah. You you could leave it overnight, but it's it's not going to benefit at all if it if you leave it overnight and there's a little too much fat on that hide, it's going to grow some bacteria. You aren't going to see it, but once it goes through the tanning, you might have slippage on some of those spots. And um, you know, that can be fixed, but uh you know, it is, uh, it's a job. It's a job. So you're going to want to take the best care possible of that hide, get it frozen right away, um, or bring it to your taxidermist the next day for sure. Um, and you know what, that method there, skinning it down the belly will work for anything. If you're doing a life-size mount, that'll work just fine. If you're doing a half mount, that'll be just fine as well. Um, the only other way to do it is up the back. And I would suggest, um, skinning it up the back. If you're doing a standing mount where you're showing off that chest, where you don't want any incisions up front, or even a half mount with, uh, you know, a half mount coming off the wall where you see that chest front and center, and you don't want any uh, any stitching there. But um, but yeah, you know, if you skin it up the belly, you're safe for pretty much anything. Bears so. are great because they got long hair, and yeah. uh, we can work with them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and you know, there are a lot of options. Um, you know, you can get that bear tanned, which is just basically a dry tanned hide. So it's nice and soft. You can hang it on the wall, throw it on the ground, um, whatever you want. They look great. So usually a tanned hide, the hide part of it isn't finished off. So you see that, that leathery hide on the other side is obviously your, your fluffed and cleaned fur. Um, the head is there, but it's not mounted. <clears throat> you know, something like that is probably going to run you most guys right around that five, $600 range. And then if you get into a rug, you're looking, you know, in Alberta here, right around 1500 to 2000 bucks. Um, and then you got a shoulder mount as well. A lot of guys get shoulder mounts actually mixed up with half mounts. <clears throat> so a shoulder mount that is basically 
It's like a deer shoulder mount. It's just your shoulders forward. So you got no arms, no paws. That is basically just a head coming out of the wall. And that's what a lot of guys call them. It's a, a traditional mount. deer mount. Is They're like, I mount. want a head mount. And, and I'm like, well, it's actually a shoulder mount because you got some of that shoulder. Um, you know, some guys are adding some habitat with that nowadays, which looks really, really good. Um, and then there's the half mount. So your half mount is half that bear coming out of the wall. You've got your arms, you've got, you know, your arms and everything forward. You might even have, you know, between eight and two feet of, of belly on that as well, depending on how far you go back. Some people even call them a three quarter mount. If you got a little bit more on that form and then obviously your life size as well. So, you know, rugs and half mounts seem to be the most popular that we do for bears, um, rugs definitely by far, but we do a lot of half mounts as well. They're super popular and they sort of range, you know, right around that 2300 to $3,000 mark. If you got a really big one, um, that price would include your habitat. So a nice rock, some natural, um, driftwood, something like that. And then, um, you know, a panting style mouth cup. So that's that bear just a slightly open sort of like he's panting you know everyone sees it when that bear comes into the bait his mouth isn't open right up it's not closed he's just panting looking at you um, and then obviously you can go to full open mouth or closed so a lot of options and uh, you know here in alberta you got to do something with that hide so um, it's always good to, to sort of figure out a game plan before you get out there that's right yeah and do, and do the bear justice, you know, skin them right. Just take your time and, uh, and you know, if you got to tune back into the podcast, tune back into the podcast. Yeah. Or, you know, draw a little picture. I know uh, my first bear, one thing that really helped me skin in my very first bear of my own was a picture that, that Brody sent me of just a basic hand-drawn bear laying on its back with three dotted lines numbered. I was like, there you go. That's done. I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah, well... You drop that bear and there's just so much going on. Yeah. And then you realize, oh shit, we got to get this thing skinned out and quick because it's getting dark. And it's a lot of times, quick. a lot of times it's like, and how are we going to get them out of here? Exactly. Because they crawl into the deepest, darkest hole possible. Yeah. And you know, we've, uh, you know, so many bears that we got, we got to skin them out right then and there because. Can't lift it, them in the truck. <laughs> we can't, can't get them out of the bush because it's so dense. Um, can't get a quad in there or whatever right so it's good to know how to skin these bears um and you know what once you do one or two of them you can whip that hide off in in half hour easy yeah. so yeah i actually recorded the last two bears i got fully start to finish how i skin them in the bush um eventually i'm gonna put a video together and we can post it up and show some guys but in the meantime guys save this podcast you can listen back um, you know, if you follow those steps, your taxidermist is going to be quite happy. Maybe so. I'll try and find that picture too. We can put it on the non-typical nation page. Oh yeah. I've got that picture for sure. We'll put yeah. it up in the story and we'll post it up on the page yeah, too. Super good. It's just, once you see it guys, you'll never forget. It's super easy. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you just, you want to be careful because it's warming up here, especially as you get into mid May when things are really rocking for the bears. Um, you know, it'll get up to 25, 30 degrees some afternoon. So you want to make sure that you get that bear frozen right away. Um, one thing that I don't want you to do as a taxidermist, and most taxidermists don't want you to do this, is salt it. Um, if you are at a bear camp and you flesh that bear, taking the head out, taking the paws out, and got every bit of fat and meat off that hide, it's okay to salt it because then you got to 
if you can't get it in the freezer, you can't get to town for four or five days, then make sure that bear's flesh totally. Get all the meat off, all the fat, get the head out, get the paws out. So you'll have no bacteria growing at all and then salt it. Um, but the best thing to do, guys, is just get that hide off and freeze it right away. Uh, most taxidermists are going to say, do not salt that hide. I want it frozen. And um, yeah, so, you know, if you're salting that hide with a bunch of fat and meat on there, the head's still in, it's not going to benefit anything. If anything, it might even just help that bacteria inside and hold moisture in that hide. And it causes and like dry storage. patches and stuff too, which is really hard to deal with when you are having to flush that stuff off later in the process. Yeah. So what happens there is you've got chunks of hide with meat and fat on it. And then the salt is getting into the areas that don't have meat and fat. And then those spots harden and dry. And that's what salt's supposed to do. Like we yeah. have salted hides here and we salt them very, very well. And we basically dry them right out and once they're dry that hide is safe that but it's hide, just hide we it's just we hide take all of every every little bit of everything off of it yeah if you actually look back at a post that we made um on may may 1st or no what is it today it's the third today yeah, May 1st, I think Eric was fleshing a bear and you or an elk, elk. and you see the big blade that he's using to get that that hide nice and thin. Um, and that is so important. So I, I'm going to greatly suggest to not salt that hide. Um, and another big no no is putting that bear on ice in May, because if you put that bear in a cooler and ice and you leave it overnight, that bear is going to be sitting in a tub of water. And that is not good for that hide. You want that hide. Um, to be frozen or to be dried, one or the other. Um, so yeah, biggest thing, guys, is just get that bear in the deep freeze. And if you can't get in the deep freeze within 24 hours, bring it to your taxidermist right away so he can take care of it. Yeah, keep it cool. Because bears are cool. bears are one of the animals that that we see a lot of slippage on, and that's that's just because guys are shooting them in mid May. Um, and you know they think they're taking the best care of them but unfortunately i've been in camps even where you know guys say oh it'll be okay we'll we'll you know we'll even take pictures of the bear tomorrow morning or tomorrow around noon when the sun peaks yeah. out well you know you know, it might be okay if it's cool at night really cold at night but you really you should just be taking that hide off as soon as possible and then getting it either cleaned right up and salted if you know what you're doing chances are you're just going to get it cleaned up and get it in a deep freeze yeah you're going to want to you know figure out a game either get that hide to the taxidermist or in a deep freeze within <coughs> excuse me within 24 hours of that animal animal being killed if you can do it within 24 hours you're going to be safe even if it is a little bit warmer um you know obviously the quicker you can get it frozen the better but um you know, if you shoot that bear, let's say at six o'clock, you still have three hours or four hours of light, get your photos and get that skinned out. Now, if you shoot that thing at, at nine o'clock at night, you find it at 10, well, then you'll probably be fine leaving it overnight, getting photos in the morning and then getting that thing skinned out. But, um, you know, you just, you want to, you want to just give that bear the respect and take, take good care of it and, um, keep your taxidermist happy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You know how you get a better product in the end anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Like, you know, you could leave that bear for a day, skin it out, leave it overnight. And majority, and when you get it back from the taxidermist, it might look just fine. Um, but you're taking a big chance. So, yeah. 
like anything, um, especially something like this that you've worked hard for, um, you know, don't let that hard work stop until you bring it to the tax service and they can take it over from there. So that's right. Just, just get it in the freezer. Exactly. Or yeah. have a game plan, have a solid game plan before you put that bear on the ground. Yeah, that's important. That's important. So, but, uh, yeah, no, I want to go over that because we do get asked a lot how do you want the bear or how should I skin it? And, you know, it really is super simple. Well, and so. we have the advantage of doing it every day, right? Like there's, there's been weeks when I've skinned three or four animals a day for five or six days a week. And so we have the knowledge we sh- and we have the podcast, our job to share the knowledge, right? Exactly. So now guys, you know, if you need to know how to skin a bear, you got it. You just yeah. have to look up this podcast, check out the non-typical nation page for that picture. Yeah, and, we'll uh, post her up. And hey, if you if you're curious, feel free to send us a message. You know, a few of you guys have, and we greatly appreciate it. So if you have any questions, send us a message and we can assist you anyway. That, we we want to see all your can. bears anyway. We exactly. want to start seeing bears hit the ground. Have yeah. you have you seen any bears hit the ground yet? Um I have. Yeah, I've seen a couple a couple guys on on Facebook, uh you know, some friends and uh, local guys in the industry. Um a couple have hit the ground, a couple nice ones. I've seen uh a quite nice a few ones. throwback photos this week oh, okay. of guys that are maybe hurting or wishing they were out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, I haven't seen anybody that I know drop one yet. Yeah, two two of them I've seen. So And they're here up up here in northern Alberta? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. It's yeah. time. I'm yet I've yet to see one in person yet this spring, but uh Yeah, I don't think I've seen one in person yet. So Yeah, I don't think so. I don't I've definitely not time, seen though. one that's for sure a bear in person. But yeah, like we said, next seven to ten days things will really ramp up here. Yeah. So Yeah. And then yeah, I think uh, you know, come mid May it'll be uh it'll be really good for that spot and stock time. We'll start chasing bears through the open the open cup blocks and stuff. Yeah, you once they get going with that rut they really start covering ground and um and that's when you you catch them you know moving quite a bit and uh and yeah that late may i think is just going to be prime time for spot and stock hunting yeah oh it always is it always is yeah so um so what are you uh what are we using for a gun in the in the ground blind? I'm gonna have my bow. That's the game plan, but what are you usually using for defense? So so you're armed with what are you armed with? An APA Mamba? APA Mamba twenty eight, yeah. With, with so some PX twos on some it. PX two broadheads, yeah. Black Widow Innovations. Yeah. And uh Easton Access five mil arrows. Yeah, you know, I've shot a lot of different brands, and I seem to keep going back to these Easton Axis. They're the first arrow I ever shot. I've done I'm the exact same thing. Consistent yeah. with them. I like them. They really have never let me down. I've never had issues with them. I haven't broken a ton of them. I haven't either. So, yeah, I really so we're going like to stick with that. I like them. So me, I'll be armed with a Sony camcorder and uh, probably the 3030. Yeah. I got some 180 grain Corlock, Remington Corlocks that I'll put in that, that 3030, and uh, it's lever action, so nice. if we get into any trouble, hopefully she'll bail us out. She's bailed me out of a few sticky situations. Yeah, so. yeah, that's good. So yeah. we, we're either going to be hunting bait one or bait number three. Um, bait one, we're right eye level with those bears, right eye level, where, you know, our, our seats or where we're set up is a little bit lower ground, but by the time we sit down on some little blind chairs, we're going to be right eye to eye with those bears. Um, 
And we're what? What would you say? Twenty yards. We're inside one? twenty. Inside twenty, between fifty and twenty. Yeah. So we're getting pretty close. And then bait number three, we're even closer. Bait number three, we're even closer. We're at about twelve, fifteen yards. I'm thinking. Yeah, and bait number three is known for some big, scary freaking bears. It is known for some big, yeah, scary, and, inclu- and including you, some. And you walk in bears. there, and it's it's eerie. It's uh, how, how did Stefan put it? It's it's like well that was his bait but I I like that description of yeah. your bait better. So I was a friend of mine. Um, we he had an area that he had baited for several years, and um, I was gonna haul some barrels out there, put a stand up, and uh, and, and hunt it one year. So I asked him like, well, where's the bait? He said, well, walk in this way, go this way, and you'll see an area where it looks like a werewolf would live. There you go. And uh, he said, find that. So I just found the eeriest spot in the bush, and apparently this was it. And when we went in there, you told me that exact same thing. Yeah. But I always think of that statement when we're in at yours, because it's just big old trees, you know, big fallen trees, bear trails, like pad trails everywhere. Yeah. And dark, shadowy, black bear-looking stumps everywhere, and... And you've gotten some creepy photos. Yeah, you know what? And there's like, yeah, it's it's weird. Last year, so we explained how we <clears throat> arrived to the bait last Thursday. The one barrel was down on its side, but we got a photo on our camera 15 minutes earlier, and that bar- barrel was upright. So something knocked that barrel over. That barrel was half full of oats. Something yeah. big, because we've seen a fisher, but a fisher's not going to knock over a, a 30 or, you know, probably 50 pounds of oats in that barrel yeah so a bear was there something was there right before we got there camera didn't catch it now last year this happened five or six times where i've got the barrel upright photo i've got the barrel sideways like it's knocked over and a photo but nothing in between ghost bear yeah so really weird things um and then you've got uh, a couple grizzly photos out of that site. I have. And this bait in particular, though, I've never had like three or four bears there at once. But we've had one or two. Like we we always have bigger bears at this bait, like 18, 19 inch bears consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've I've hunted some other bait sites in the past where there's bears there literally all day long. There's two, three bears, smaller bears, and you get one or two Which big ones that how, come in. How that other bait of ours is, and that's that's awesome. That's what I want to sit at. But this one here, it doesn't seem to have bears every hour of the day, but it seems to be consistent. It's like it's got the each kings. evening. You're gonna have you know, one big guy come in. Yeah. And if you don't that evening, you're going to have the second biggest in the area come through that bait. Yeah. Um, you know, I've ran that one for four or five years now, and it's been pretty much like that every year. You know, once you get in a little bit later in the season, early June, then you start seeing some of the smaller bears come through and whatnot. They start rutting at the sites though. Yes. Cause the big bears now at that point are moving, looking for sows. So the small ones get in and that's when you'll see a few more come in, but those big bears, they don't want any other bears in that bait site. That's right. So if anything even comes within a hundred yards of that, that bear is going to chase them off. And so that's why we usually only get photos of single bears at that site at a time. Um, but they've been big puppies every time yeah they have been they have been um so yeah i'm pumped right up man pumped right up so tomorrow 
you know, we'll see what we got going on at the baits and we'll hunt one of those two baits on Tuesday, fill it up tomorrow, get a beaver out there tomorrow, beaver out there maybe on Tuesday when we get there as well. And uh, hopefully we have some action. We're going to have some action. Yeah, I'm it's pumped right up. You're going to have to try and not shoot one right off the bat. No, I'm quite confident. You know, it's it's just, it's so important to me. I, the reason I'm hunting these bears from the ground is to experience. Oh, yeah, we have to get them. That's what I mean. From the ground, like, right? we, we've set a goal to interact and to watch them. Yeah. But I think once we're there, it's going to be tough. Like, they're going to look, aw- it's going to be so awesome. Yeah, and, and it might be tough to judge them, too. Yeah. Because we are right on the ground until we see a few 15, 20 yards of these bears. Until we see a few. And yeah. then I think it'll be easier. Because last year, the first two sits I had, I passed on nearly every bear that came in. And then when I looked at trail camera photos of them, I'm like, that looks like a big bear. But yeah. up from the tree stand, you see so many bears that you can actually judge them a lot better. Yeah. And that's why guys put their cameras right eye level with those bears because those bears are always going to look bigger when you're right on the ground. When you're a little bit higher up, they don't look as big. You can see the body a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it's going to be a little tricky, but I've, I actually explained this to someone the other day. I'm not necessarily after the biggest bear in the bush. I don't have the time to sit there for 15 days of the season for the biggest bear in the bush. I'm after the experience of hunting these bears from the ground, being eye level with these bears. And getting a mature specimen, but Without not, the, a doubt. not the big, you don't need to get the granddaddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to shoot a 17-inch bear just to shoot a bear. I'm going to shoot an eight, 18 or 19 for sure. You know, like I, I have no doubts yeah. that we're going to get at least an 18-inch bear. You know, and, and in Alberta... An 18-inch bear is a mature bear. I know a lot of guys who've hunted bears for a long time, and their biggest bear is like an 18 and a half, 18 and three quarter. Um, Now I know a lot of guys who shoot a lot of 20-inch bears, but those guys are usually spending upwards of 150 hours. And some guys in the stand. Bottom line is, some guys know how to judge bears a lot better than other guys do too. For sure, for sure. But when you see a big bear coming in, you know that's a big bear. If you know bears, you know it's a big bear. You know it's a big bear. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, definitely going to get a mature bear, you know, something at least that five, six, seven years old. If you get into that 19, 20 inch, you might even be pushing that 10, 12, 13 years old. Um, but most importantly, I want to experience these bears from the ground. Sweet. It yeah, me too. Pretty I'm cool. excited. Yeah. I'm it's jacked right be, up. It's exciting now and, uh, it's going to be nerve wracking when it's go time, but it I'm, is. I'm pumped. Yeah. So we've got sun. We've hunting stop time yesterday when we were out was 940, I believe, 945. Yeah. So we're looking right around that same time on Tuesday. Um, you know, I personally, I quit hunting about 15 minutes before hunting stop time. At because bear my, sites? Yeah. Because my cameras, they, if I can't get that experience, that moment and that kill shot on film let's wait till the next day basically right let's wait till our next sit so i'm usually out 15 minutes before legal hunting time ends um so you know we'll get out there i'm thinking tuesday right around four o'clock um you know the bears at that bear site number three seem to be coming in right around seven eight bear site number one we don't know yet hopefully tomorrow we can get some more knowledge on that that's right but um but yeah get a solid five or six hours in 
Yep. And uh, hopefully we have something come through. Well, we'll have something come through. Yeah, for you're sure. confident. I'm confident. I, I have had. I've done enough bear baiting to be confident. Yeah. So in the last two years, I've probably spent not a whole lot, probably 16, between 12 and 16 days in the bear stand for bears. And five of those days, I've had not a single bear come through. <laughs> so, you know, what's that? 33% of the days, basically, yeah. I haven't had anything. So, um, so yeah, you know, if, if we have something come through, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I always sort of expect, plan for the worst, but expect the best, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, you got to be confidently optimistic but exactly, still know yeah. the reality of hunting exactly that's just it right because and that's why it was important for me too to have these ground blinds set up before we hunted it yeah because yeah bears bears can care less about what's there they can care less about the smells um but they still are animals and they still do like they're tuned right into that bush right they so recognize they disturbed exactly disturbed areas so yeah. if they see a blind that first day, maybe even that second day going in, they're going to be very, very cautious of that. But by the time they go the third, fourth, fifth, sixth time in, they aren't going to be worried about it's that It's just blind. another thing that's it's there. It's just another thing. Yeah. So I want to get that blind set up so they're used to it by the time we get in and they're just acting like the same the same bears that yeah. are going to be there without it's that thing business there, Business right? as usual. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped right up, man. It's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait. Tuesday comes quick. Tuesday comes quick. That's we got uh, two tomorrow. more days. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So you're going to be using, or which, uh, you're, you said you're going to be using a PX2 this year, right? Yeah, I used the PX2 last year on on the moose. Um, on We killed a few bears with the PX2s. I love them. They're good. They're quiet. They hit nice and hard. They cut just perfect. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with them. They're uh, Yeah, they're field point accurate too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't... I don't do much tuning with my arrows and my my broadheads or anything like that. Um, basically, open them up out of the box, and there you go. So yeah, I uh, you know I really I really mess with my bow a lot, but when it yeah. comes to once it's tuned in and I'm putting the broadheads on the arrows, I shoot a couple times, three times, make sure that they're going where they're supposed to go. Yes, and that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Because so what I, I will do if I start messing with stuff while I'm hunting. That just totally drops confidence back to zero. For sure. Yeah, no, I've got I've got the six PX2s that sit in my quiver and I'll fire I'll fire them before the hunt, you know, tomorrow probably. And um, you know, just make sure everything's good, just just to do it. And uh, and then yeah, she's go time. But no, I like the PX2s, they're good broadheads. And actually, Black Widow Innovations, guys, they've got the PX2s, they got the Widowmakers, the new ones as well. They are offering 15% off to every single one of our podcast listeners and anyone who follows Non-Typical Nation. Um, you know, Google search Black Widow Innovations or go to the webpage at blackwidowinnovations.ca, I believe, um, and use promo code NONTYPICAL. That will save you 15% off of a pack of broadheads. They're the only broadheads... Anybody in our team uses Charlie yeah. with his traditional bow, us with our APA Mambas, you know, some of the other guys have some Hoyts and some Prime and everybody's running a, a Black Widow. Yeah, everyone's running uh, the PX2s or the Widowmaker. I know Tommy killed a 220-inch muley with the crossbow last year with those PX2s and he said they flew just perfect That's from right. that crossbow. Just, so Yeah, doesn't lie. 
Yeah, right on. So yeah, we'll have to do another podcast. Maybe we'll do one Tuesday when we're heading out to the Bates. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Get the jitters out, maybe. I'm always just so jacked up getting out there. So Yeah, well, we will be. So we'll do that. Let's do it. Let's make it a priority. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, guys. So that's it. You're going to listen to this podcast on Monday, which is tomorrow. And um, we're going to be recording another podcast on Tuesday on the way to the bait site. We're going to release that on Wednesday. So stay tuned. And um, you might have to edit yeah. that one if I'm skinning your bear, though. <laughs> You're skinning my bear. Well, if you want it done right, I mean, I want it done. I've only done a couple. So. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, let's wrap her up, man. Yeah, we got to catch up on some sleep. Yeah. Charge some camera batteries. Sharpen some broadheads. Yeah. Sharpen that skin and knife. Let's do her. I'm pumped. What do you What do you use for a knife? What's your go-to knife? Um, you know, if I had a choice, when it comes to bears. I uh, I pack a Havilon in my in my hunting bag. That's sort of my go-to, and then I always have like a couple different pocket knives, buck knives, or whatever solid yeah. blades. Um, but when it comes to a bear, in the shop here, if I had a choice of any knife, I would always go back to like a good break-off blade. Yeah. Like always. And I tell guys, like I know I've even, even Ryan, who's been on the podcast before, he came in and worked with me guiding one year. Yeah. And he said, what do I bring to skin bears? I said, honestly, man, buy a good handled, don't buy a cheap dollar store, buy a good handled break off blade. It's $8 and, you know, buy a pack of blades. You get 50 blades for 20 bucks. And you're set. Yeah. And you know it, they, you can do half a bear on one blade, yeah. swap it out, and do the other half of the bear on the other blade, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know it's just great. And it, it, it's perfect if you get good enough. You know I can flesh a whole bear. I can flesh anything with a break off blade. Yeah, you can actually flesh well with those break off blades. Yeah, I flesh really well with a break off blade, but you can also cut really well with a break off yeah. blade. So be very careful. Yeah. Um, they're just like Havilons. They're just like, uh, you know, guys use scalpel blades or the outdoor edge. Um, you will cut your fingers off. Yeah. I've seen well, guys Steven stick them in Smith. their legs. I've seen guys cut their fingers right, like dangling off. You've it's... seen Steven's big cut on his arm. Yeah. That was a break off knife. Oh, he was cutting God. siding, slid right down his arm guys and cut. I think it was a 12 inch cut right down his arm. Right and down his... his forearm. Yeah, it was bad. They get stitched up, and he had to take a year and a half off bow shooting. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's gnarly. But no, they're you know cheap, great knives, and, and that's all we use at the shop. And yeah, they're all we use at the shop. That's yeah. the honest to god truth. And uh, they're they're just it's like they're built for 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 skinning. Yeah, right. Like they're not so good on the little animals. You get into the coyotes and the wolves. That thin skin, they can that that sharp point can really do a number and make yeah. quite a few cuts on you, but a bear or a, a moose, even something you can just run through the blades and you're not, you know, a pack of Havilons for 10 blades is 16 bucks or something. Yeah, right. So yeah. you can buy 50 blades for 25 bucks or whatever, break off blades and you just go through them. Yeah, no, for sure. Right on. So yeah, I, and I usually, I've got a Havilon in there and, um, and then I, yeah, I've got like a, a buck. Yeah, the stuff knife, I carry in my in my my backpack is just because it's small, it's compact, and it works. Yeah. But if I had the choice, like I have a I have a break off knife in my truck. Oh, do you? And that's you know if I'm beside my truck and I gotta skin the bear, then that's what I'll be there using. There you go. Nice. So yeah, that's what I recommend. Nice. 
Right on, right on. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And yeah, tune in in a couple days for another podcast. Yeah, we're, we're not going to quit talking about bear hunting, so stick with it. I promise you that.